everybody, and welcome to episode 12 of the Shine Sparkers podcast, and Happy New Year to everyone. I'm Amanda Van Heil. I'm going to be your host today, joined by Roy, Delagonesh, and Leon. So why don't you guys just first of all introduce yourselves and let us know what you do here at Shine Sparkers. I'm Roy, and I'm the Deputy Creative Director of Shine Sparkers, so I oversee everything whenever Darren, our Creative Director, is not around, and... Yeah, pretty much a regular on this podcast. I'm Leon. I'm one of the graphic designers at Shine Sparkers. So I'm mainly responsible for creating some of the header images that you see on various articles on the website. And hi, I'm uh, Dalganash. I'm a contributor. So I've got a couple of articles up on the website. Um, popped a couple up last year. Just general thoughts and feelings about Metroid and all things within that area of Nintendo. So we, of course, know Metroid as a video game, with this year being its 35th anniversary. But what do we think of the idea of Metroid as a board game in a more tangible way? Um, Does anybody have any ideas about what they would like? I know for me, I am a big fan of the game Sorry, and I am totally ruthless when I play it. Like, I have, I am a total sore winner and sore loser. And so I think it would be fun to have it where you take all your little Metroids and you have to try and get them around to the tank. And then you have to get, be the first player to get all your little baby Metroids into the Metroid tank. And then, like, your Metroid can take out other Metroids in, like, suck on them and that makes them have to go back to start i think that would be fun where it's just like metroid sorry because i just really like that game i'm I'm gonna i'm I'm gonna be that person leon do we have sorry in the uk uh i should know this because i work for a board game company but i do not know this so i'm gonna say no comment (laughs) (laughs) okay do you guys have parcheesi because it's the exact same thing Parcheesi is another one of those where I hear it on sitcoms and stuff all the Same time. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Okay, so the concept of sorry is like you have your little pawns in in your little starting place and you just try and get it around the board and into like the home little area and you draw cards to see how many spaces you go and if you land on another player then you're like sorry and then you send that player back to start oh. so then they have to go all over again i think i think if i'm getting this right we have we have a similar game in the uk but it's called frustration and it's got a big old like everyone knows it because it's got um the dice. Is that the game with the bubble in the middle? Yeah, you like you smack the bubble and it rolls the dice. Okay, here you. it's called trouble. So trouble. Yeah. What? Yeah. No, no, it's frustration. No, why are you doing this? <laughs> they call it trouble here because, like, on the commercials back in like the early nineties, they go, "What are you kids doing?" They'd be like, "Getting into trouble." <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> See, I love the fact that your your name for over in America is you know it's a jo- jovial. What are you doing, kids? Getting into trouble in the UK? It's like. So what is this game like? It's just bloody frustrating, mate. (laughs) I think that reflects perhaps the moods of both nations. (laughs) I think so too. Very good. But is it it like that game? Is Sorry like that game? Yes, it is. Ah, okay. Right. I'm on the same page now. I understand. (laughs) (laughs) I'd I'd be into it for the little little figures of Metroid going Mm. around. 
I think that'd be, I mean, I just want little figures of Metroid. I know, they would be so cute. Like, I'm just imagining little baby Metroids going around and it'd be just so cute. Oh, another fun one would be like, I don't know if you guys ever played Shark Attack. That was like another like early 90s game where it was like this mechanical shark and like it would go after your little player and then like it could eat you. <laughs> so I don't know. What? <laughs> Maybe it could be Mother Brain would be the shark and Sam is like, trying to eat. No, sh- surely Ridley should be the shark, shouldn't should he? I mean, here's me saying, yeah. sa- here's me saying Sa X. No, Kraid is a better fit because Ridley is all okay. bone. There's like no meat on him. Yeah, it's got to be something that can, like, eat it. <laughs> he needs bulk up, basically. <laughs> Actually, I think Other M, he bulked up. Yeah. Otherwise, he's just <laughs> emaciated. Mm-hmm. And, then he, and then he's all metal from one point as well. Yes. Big bulky boy. Um... Is there actually a Metroid Monopoly? While while I'm thinking, while we're clearing off these, you know, classic classic games, there there is a Nintendo Monopoly that has a Samus pawn, but that's about it. Oh, that makes me sad. I think having a Metroid Monopoly would sort of cause a similar effect to Federation Force, where it will cause a lot of fights in communities and families. I, I I hate Monopoly. See. The last time I played Monopoly, which was eons ago, it took us five hours, and we were still not done. Holy crap. <laughs> I hate Monopoly. It's one of the worst games ever. I love Monopoly, but again, I'm very ruthless in every game I play. So, <laughs> and so is my family. Like, my whole family, when it comes to, like, board games, is, like, every man for himself. Like, there's nobody's nice to the other one when it comes to board games we're all like super competitive about it so we're usually finished with a game of monopoly in no time because we just (laughs) take each other out so i'm looking at that nintendo monopoly board now and i see that the uh um samus ridley specifically an image of meta ridley and a metroid uh got slapped on the oranges so that's that's pretty good value the orange ones are pretty good at least they're not the blues which everyone hates but also loves because, like, obviously that always, when you land on blue and someone else owns it, that's, like, the most... Oh, well, what, like, Mayfair and yeah. and Park Lane? That's Mario and Luigi. See, I knew they were up to no good. Wait, what are they called for you? Wait, do they have different names there? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, because Monopoly over here is based in London. Okay, yeah, because the dark blue ones here are Boardwalk and Park Place. Hmm. No, yeah, Park Lane and Mayfair in the UK. Uh, the whole board is London-based. Gotcha. Although we also own a Cornish edition. Um, there's, there's a Manchester edition. And, yeah. <laughs> I hate Monopoly. Anyway. One for every flavor of Britain. You know, this whole time I never even thought about the setting. I just saw the names. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, CFT's Monopoly out soon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would, if there was a Metro Monopoly, though, what would get those dark blue spaces? What, what would they be? Dark Samus, because Phazon. Would that be like the Phazon Mayans? Pirate Homeworld. I'm going to just put that out there. <laughs> Pirate Homeworld, nah, that's getting slapped on on the basic browns. Um, <laughs> could you imagine they release it and like Kraid is one of the browns? They're like, this is what we think of him. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Even like if they were to put the games instead of locations, Federation Force and Blast Ball Blue. I wish people would stop dissing on Blast Ball. I love Blast Ball. It was brilliant. It did not get enough love, though. <laughs> like, it it should have got more attention than it got. It should have had more features to it. 
and more yeah, time oh yeah, put God, into yeah. it. I think they put more time into putting the mechanics of Blast Ball into specific missions. True. But um, Metroid Double, anyone? Double? Do- Metroid Double? Double. double. Have, you, have you not heard of Double? I know, yeah, I know Double. Yeah, that's the um, okay, what is Double? One, isn't it? So we might have something different. Do- just the matching one. Yeah, so basically every card has a bunch of symbols on it and um, there's different ways to play. Um, so one of the ways to play is you're trying to get rid of your cards by matching a symbol between your card and the middle. And there's no matter which two cards you're looking at, there's always going to be a matching symbol between between the two. Um, and as soon as you see the symbol, the match, you shout out what it is, then pop it into the middle and so forth. And there's like different ways to play it, which is pretty cool. So, so like if Nintendo wanted to do a low effort Metroid board game tie-in, make it Metroid related symbols. <laughs> I mean, thing is, I, I would enjoy that because you could put some really niche enemies on there True. and just put some niche as hell power-ups and then people are like, ah, spiny crawly thing. But demand that everyone uses the official yeah, exactly. name for it. So, uh, 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 it's not called that. <laughs> if it was about niche stuff in Metroid, I would probably slay the competition because... Yeah, probably. I was going to say, Roy, I feel like you would do very well at that. Oh, I would crush Especially you. Especially considering like, your art project of like all the enemies on rocks and everything. <laughs> uh-huh. I would crush everything. Leon, a couple yes. of days ago, you were streaming Corruption. Yes. So, you remember that big dead creature that you have to walk through yeah the gross thing <laughs> yeah which is disgusting very uh, gross it's, it's in corruption and pirate research that made me hungry what <laughs> i'm i'm not gonna ask anyway that is yeah, called a scarp apparently oh fortunately that'd be way too big for a double card what about chozo artifacts so you can have the artifact of soul the artifact of earth the artifact of sun I mean, if they don't want it to sell at all, then, yeah, <laughs> wicked, roll with it. Um, the only thing they need to make it sell is just put Zero Suit Samus on the cover. It'll move like <laughs> hotcakes. True. Anyway, Roy, didn't you actually have like an, more of an original board game rather than ideas of existing games with a Metroid skin? So I did. I don't know if this is similar to a particular game. I've kind of combined elements of Battleship, Capture the Flag, and Mario Party, and maybe Monopoly. I've sort of borrowed here and there. (laughs) So this would have 10 players, and you would be on the side of the Galactic Federation. And so you play as Samus, Adam, Umos, Admiral Dane, or Anthony. Or you could play on the side of the Space Pirates, Ridley, Kraid, Mother Brain, Dark Samus, and Silux. Silux isn't a Space Pirate, but I just needed to mm. use another popular Metroid villain. Um, your goal is to wipe out all of the competition and or collect up to 12 Choso artifacts. So it's a bit like Battleship and I guess chess. Um there are tiles all around the map, which you can flip to be red or blue. Red for pirates, blue for federation. So like you roll with a dice and it determines how many tiles you move up across the board. Um, and when you land on your tile, you flip it from red to blue or blue to red, which is 
kind of what you do in Mario Party. Sort of like a... I can't remember the exact name, but is it like, like called Takeover or something like that? No, is it... Um, oh, it's with the counters, which are black on one side and white on the other. Are you thinking of, you thinking of Othello? Yes. Really old school. Okay. Mm, that's it. Oh, okay. So I guess it is like Othello slash reverse is what it's also called. Kind of like Metroid, every player has 100 units of energy, which is how much you get in an energy tank. You can place items on random tiles before you start, so like ice beam, screw attack, whatever. And if you land next to someone, you can use the item to hurt them by some amount. Like, if you have the power beam, it damages you by mm-hmm. 5. If you have the plasma beam, it damages you 70 points. And if you have the ice beam, it freezes you for a turn. Naturally, if you run out of energy, you die and you're eliminated. There are also six tiles with Metroids. If you land on one of those, it sucks your life energy and you die. The only way to render those tiles inert is to land on them with an ice beam, which then kills the Metroid and then turns it into a regular red or blue tile. So yeah, that's kind of a rough concept, but I thought, wouldn't that be fun? I do, I do just like I like being able to frame through a board game like if you could frame Metroid more in that heroes versus villains framework and actually show something that's more group of people group of people and let me play as Ridley. <laughs> I actually had a hard time coming up with hero characters because Samus doesn't have a lot of living allies. And um, yeah, I was about to say like she basically killed a whole bunch of them inadvertently. <laughs> Well, not inadvertently, but you know what I mean. She didn't mean to. She had to. She had no other yeah. choice. She euthanized uh, Rundas, <laughs> Gore, and Conjureta. She made sacrifices. Yes. Fair. You're saying, like, Rundas is just, like, a injured puppy that is in a lot of pain and Aww. just needs to be... <laughs> and then she sat all melancholic on the landing site and reflected on them got into her ship and took off with Silux in pursuit, and we still don't know the outcome of that because we don't have Prime 4. <laughs> what, what? So, I'm, I'm interested, did you, did you have, like, the board game concept, concept first, or did you, did you approach it from that, I want heroes versus villains? What was the... I wanted to do something unique. Um, like... You know, you can have a licensed version of a board game, and that's cool, that's fun. But I also like to take things up a notch. So mm. I was thinking, what are the, what's a game that's very popular in groups? Most of them are like tabletop. Um, what, what kind of board games are popular in groups and have like conventions and such? Tabletop. Mm. So kind of i kind of went from there i don't play a lot of tabletop stuff so this is all kind of rough and maybe this concept will evolve over time if i could ever get in a position where i could get nintendo's permission to make it (laughs) but i wouldn't know how to get there that might be fun it it is a shame because like you look at some companies like um capcom Capcom especially, actually, and Bandai Namco, uh, they've been really good. Oh, and actually Sony with Horizon. Um, there's a company based in the UK called Steamforged Games, and they've actually done licensed Resident Evil 2 
mm. uh, Dark Souls and um, Horizon Zero Dawn board games, and they are works of passion. They they are really lovingly put together. I've actually got the Dark Souls one, and let me tell you, that game has too many counters. <laughs> um, it's, it's such a ball ache to set up. Um, so I sort of had another sort of idea for a board game. It's like part of it I was thinking about earlier and part of it I sort of came up now-ish. Um, but instead of like being a team versus team sort of thing, it would be just everyone works together sort of thing, like um, exploration. That's cool because I've got a co-op idea, but yeah. I'm interested how they'll how they'll differ. <laughs> I was thinking something that's a bit similar to Betrayal at House on the Hill or uh, Mansions of Madness or something like that. So you could have for the for the room who hasn't played. I have played Betrayal at House on the Hill, but for anyone that hasn't, Betrayal at House on the Hill is a horror game. Yes, horror. Um, but it's like the house is procedurally generated from tiles, mm. and everyone plays a unique character. But the kind of the twist in House on the Hill is that as you play, you're all working together against the house. Mm. But then, after a certain number, an unspecified number of turns, something's going to happen, <laughs> and one of you is going to become the bad guy. Um, and that, and the killer that you become is going to be dependent on like all these multitude of factors yeah like which room you found the omen item that triggered the uh haunting and then from yeah then from that moment it's everyone versus Mm. the baddie whoever became the baddie and it's such a great moment because it's like when you become the baddie it's like you take this one little book of all the killers of all the like monster motives and you have to go to a different room and read your monster and then like everyone else doesn't know what you can do they have a win condition you have a win condition as the monster but no but you don't know each other's conditions so this is a really interesting guessing game i was a stretchy um like a stretchy monster that gobbled people up and they trapped me in a furnace (laughs) but um yeah i was thinking so it'd be mostly cooperative um but i suppose like you could have something like traitorous like in betrayal so for example uh obviously it would have to be pre prime three some sort of phase on corruption like you see in a corrupt well corruption um so each of the tiles could be very will have the same art style as the original metroid um and you could have different sections as the base sections um but to get, get to the new section you have to retrieve a specific upgrade so um whether it's like the grapple beam or plasma ray um or whatever, and you have to find the upgrade throughout the procedure. I cannot speak today. Procedurally generated um, yes. area, or you could like space station or a planet or however you want to put it. Um, haven't put a great deal of thought into it, obviously, but uh, yeah. And then you could also have like little other bits, so you could have like Metroids. So sort of going back to what Roy was saying with his idea um you can only get through the a room with a metroid if you've got um ice missiles or something like that ice beam mm. yeah so uh, that that'd be pretty cool and then you have a main boss the big boss at the end which uh you might need other upgrades for to defeat i i, I do think because obviously there has been a boom of cooperative board games um as of late he says only being able to recall the name of one which is pandemic um but like co-op board games are quite nice and Mm. yeah like i I think similarly to you when i've approached my design which i'll talk about in a minute like as you've done i've thought like how can you try and 
simulate metroid getting items to access areas gameplay but in a board game which i think is quite an interesting concept i was actually thinking um have you ever played uh, the thing um outpost oh, I forget the name of it now it's like my favorite game and i shouldn't remember the whole name but it's a board game based on the thing like a secret identity game have you played that one at all no, I've played plenty of other secret identity games, but not that. But um, so one like the main thing to get through each sector is you have to get certain items like a stick of dynamite, and you have to kill a thing. Um, but you randomise the tiles throughout the different rooms. So I was thinking you could probably do something similar with this board game as well. So you randomise the tiles, and some tiles might be an upgrade, some of them might be an expansion upgrade, and some of them might just be nothing or an enemy or something like that. So you have to, like, properly explore and stuff. And um, so keep, like, another cool... When a character gets an upgrade, no one else has that upgrade yet. You have to reconvene with each other to be able to share the upgrade could you stop stealing my ideas before i sorry sorry <laughs> well they say great minds think alike <laughs> oh god yeah we're doomed <laughs> <laughs> but no but no it's it's i, I yeah I, I see where you're coming from i like that concept of a group exploring a space but then also having to coordinate their movements with each other um it's an interesting one I don't play well with others as far as like co-op. <laughs> well then, you'll be so. happy to know that there is also a solo play mode as well where you play as Samus. Okay, no, I like the sound of that. Like, I've tried playing tabletop games that involve like everybody like sitting around and playing together and I just, I don't know, I don't do it well. And I think it's just I grew up playing everything by myself. So I... I have no teamwork skills whatsoever. <laughs> I think the hardest thing about these like teamwork games is that ultimately one person typically takes control of what the of what the plan is going to be despite the fact that you're all moving individual pieces. That's like the hardest part of a co-op game to keep everyone invested and interested when ultimately one person is going to be like this is what we're doing. I basically do that all the time in Nemesis. <laughs> Not playing Nemesis with Leon. Well, not in a mean way. Just, <laughs> it's just because it's Nemesis is one of those games which takes forever to set up. But yeah, what was your idea though, James? We keep detracting from My that. Idea. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was just waiting for the, the perfect opportunity to strike. Um, like my idea. Uh, so yeah, similarly to you, I was like, the idea of a co-op thing appealed to me, despite Metro being quite a solo experience. Um, but like, I don't know, who, has anyone else in here played Pandemic? Which is yes. quite an appropriate thing. And I'm not talking about 2020. Like, we all <laughs> played 2020. I'm talking about the board game Pandemic. Yes, it's one of the games that we demo quite a lot. Yeah, I don't care to play 2020 again. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Pandemic, for anyone that doesn't know, it's a co-op board game about the world being overrun by four viruses um and basically you as the players move around the world and you remove the viruses from cities but all the while you're doing it you're trying to collect enough um enough like research points effectively to create the cures for the virus so it's a game about where do i need to move where do we need to control this like how do we keep a lid on this where's 
what what area of the world is likely to blow up because as soon as you get like enough virus on a on a city if you get another block it just you add another block to all connected cities and stuff so it's all about keeping it under control and it's very good very difficult um, <laughs> very difficult yeah um you will lose a lot although yeah. there's a version of it called pandemic legacy where you effectively play a year and i desperately want to play it because oh, same. It's, like a ro- it's a rolling narrative anyway that's yeah, different subject. But so I thought the idea of pandemic could be interesting if you apply a similar sort of concept um, within a Metroid framework. And sort of my idea was that you as the players play a group of um, Galactic Federation. So whether like one of you is a trooper, one of you is a scientist, so you all have these roles and you're on a space station when it comes under attack by pirates. So it comes under attack by space pirates. And so they... Um, it would either I haven't thought about it to great lengths but I was it would in my head it's just it's a big old space station and then so you would pull cards at random to decide where the space pirates have like burst through and where metroids are kind of like there and where the metroids are multiplying Um, and then it would be up to your squad to move around the space station um, and where it would differ like from something like Pandemic is you would try and incorporate more uh, Metroid ideas into it. So whether, as you said, Leon, whether that is finding skills and power-ups that allow you to unlock areas that are currently locked and get through those um, to access more areas of the, of the spaceship, um, whether that is another idea I had was that you shuffle in ra- more random elements than something like Pandemic. So... Mm maybe you could draw a card that um, is phase-on experiments and suddenly Metroids in a certain area become powered by phase-on and so you can't go there until you have another ability. But, like, you might only... You might not always have the phase-on card in the deck and stuff. Sometimes it might be a, a different a different sort of mutation that could occur. Um, I sort of like that then, um, the adaptable environment sort of thing. I yeah, like that. And then, I was, and then I was thinking you could also add elements like maybe Ridley is patrolling the station. So you've also got to try and predict his movements while you're moving around and, and things like that. I thought that ultimately the goal would be that you're trying to uh, restore power to the station, find the like password to access the um, computers because everything would have gone into lockdown. And then the ultimate goal is to access the control room after power's been restored and you have the password to send a distress signal to Samus before the pirates take complete control or wipe out your team. Um, so, because th- I like I like that idea because then it's got a tie to the Metroid games, and it's this idea that you know if you guys don't do this and get the signal out, then Samus isn't going to get there, and the pirates going to be able to do nefarious things. That actually sounds really good. I want to play it. <laughs> it's a hard one doing a board game about Metroid because, as as was said earlier, Samus is such a lone wolf, which is why I think like. Roy's idea is in my head it was either a co-op game or it was a hero versus situation like Roy said I'm, I just don't have the depth of knowledge and I went can everyone be Samus <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the baby oh I just thought of another good tie-in Met- right. Metroid Blast Ball Sabutio <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll be down for that that'll be amazing <laughs> oh another fun one Metroid edition of Cards Against Humanity I'd totally play okay, it. Okay, yeah, oh. I'll play that, yeah. Mm. 
That would be so fun. I'm not going to say any potential cards on this podcast. I know. I'm sitting here thinking like, you know, none of the potential cards I could think of would be uh, (laughs) nice for me to say on a podcast. (laughs) But I think it would be a very fun game for sure. Subscribe to the Shine Sparkers only fans to hear our uncensored (laughs) podcast. (laughs) I don't think... I don't know if you class these as board games, but like another avenue that would be interesting for Metroid actually would be um, escape room boxes. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, because I've, I've played a couple of those recently and they're really good. I mean, all it is is just everything's contained in a box and you just read through it and you get clues and you get like a big old map you pull out and you triangulate and hold things in certain ways. I think you could That could be really cool, like a proper Metroid mystery. You know, Samus is trapped on the planet and you've got to free her so she can sort stuff out. <laughs> that sounds really fun. I would mm. play that. Yeah. Basically, Nintendo, you got no excuse. Yeah. <laughs> like, Nintendo, come on. We gave you all these ideas. Make something. Just make something. Make something. Use use it to, like, drum up sales for Prime 4. And uh, that's how you'll get a return on investment. And then you'll make more Metroid games. And we'll finally never have another hiatus again, and Metroid will be the top-selling series that we always wanted it to be. Basically, most of your Metroid fans are of the age that currently, you know, look into and play board games, so we want it. <laughs> yes. Basically do more than a Fortnite skin. They haven't even done but that But also yet. do that. I was going to say, like, there's no, we don't even have a Fortnite. Like, Kratos and Master Chief are there galloping away. Samus, Bounty Hunter, best Nintendo hunter. Oh, man, you know that email happened. And you know... <laughs> and it was like, so this is going to appear on PlayStation? Yeah, nah, mate. Now, if you guys have any ideas about what you would like in a Metroid board game, be sure to tag us on Twitter at ShineSparkers and let us know what you would like to see. All right. Well, that is it for episode 12 of the Shine Sparkers podcast. Thank you guys for joining us today. I had a lot of fun talking about Metroid board games. Well, I hope you all have a wonderful 2021, at least an improvement on 2020 for sure. Hopefully we'll even get a a new Metroid something this year, even if it's just some Metroid news. I think we'd all be pretty happy. Even if it's Metroid Monopoly. I hate Monopoly, (laughs) but I'd I'd be fine. (laughs) Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next mission. See you next mission. See you next mission. See you next mission. Well, hi, everybody, and Happy New Year. Welcome to episode 12 of the Shine Sparkers podcast. I'm Amanda Van Hyle. I'm going to be your host. And I am joined by Dala Gonesh. And who was Oh, tr- sorry. Let me see. I like, had to think of like, who's, who's actually talking here? Let me try that again. <laughs> You know, I did get a hat for my kitties. I tried putting it on Bentley. It's like, so it's this little knit like cap with little rollers on it to make it look like his hair's up in like a little perm, like he's getting a granny do. Oh, the, the like sound things on Audacity just blew up there for me. (laughs) Have fun, Darren. Mm. Shine Sparkers only fan. Darren, we need a Shine Sparkers only fan. Um, (laughs) Obviously, Ridley has to be our main star because Samus gets too much of the limelight. So let's bring Ridley up. (laughs) Zero suit Ridley. (laughs) (laughs) Screw it. Let's just have operation, but you pulled things out of Ridley.
This podcast was edited by Darren Kerwin, with music from Maserati. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can find more at shinesparkers.net, along with the latest Metroid news, community features, and exclusive content. Alternatively, you can also find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next mission.